It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Lax Class 217 is now in your ears. 217th episode of Lacrosse Classified. Welcome. Thanks for joining us, classmates. Jake Elliott, Santino Farah back in the chair once again here after a massive... Week six in the National Lacrosse League, an even bigger, more gigantic, as I look for another adjective, week seven ahead of, was that an adjective? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Week seven is going to be a monster, and uh, we're going to talk about it all here on the program, among other things. Tino, what's going on? Monday, it's pissing rain out on an afternoon, but how was the weekend? How's your Monday? How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling very recharged lately uh, since, since kind of last week, I, I got to say as well. So like on, uh, on NLL flash last week we recorded and, and, uh, we had Christian Del Bianco. Yes. I actually have not taken that in shame on me, but I'm going to do that after we're done here. But, uh, I left that feeling super recharged. So the people that know Del Bianco know, how how good and how genuine of a guy he is and just and to be clear like i don't really know him that well i only really know him through lacrosse i've talked to him a handful of times but had some really good interactions with him he after we're done recording uh first of all he was very generous with his time last week and stuff uh we were like running a little bit behind he was like no worries about it but after we finished recording he says to us um it was me austin and ty that were in the call and he says before he leaves uh thank you to uh, he was talking to like us at flash like the whole the whole team at flash he said thank you guys for what you guys do in lacrosse media i know it can be a really thankless job i'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit but i know it can be a pretty thankless job but uh what you're doing is helped is helping to grow the sport and and people are noticing kind of thing Mm. and i've now in the two years that i've been that i've been covering lacrosse or, or being a part of lacrosse media of all the players I've interviewed, I've never had a player say that before. And he's right in a way it, it can come across as like kind of a thankless job. Sometimes if you, if you say something that's a little bit critical and it gets back to you and, and people are upset and, and so on and so on, it it's very easy to feel defeated mm-hmm. in, in I'm sure in just sports media in general, that's not just lacrosse, but lacrosse is extra toxic though. Let's not yeah. get ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people that don't know stuff that goes on behind the scenes and so on and so on. But for him to say that, first of all, he definitely didn't need to say that, but to hear that finally as like a, Hey, Hey, I, we appreciate where you're doing. Thank you. Even though it's a thankless job yeah. has since that conversation, I've felt so recharged and so motivated. <laughs> That's all it takes. 
Yeah, and I'm sure like pretty soon someone's gonna trot me back down again, and I'm gonna feel like garbage. <laughs> about I'm gonna do I'm... that in you know a matter of minutes. Oh, I'm sure you will. You yelled at me last week. I'm sure you're gonna do it again here. But yeah, overall to answer the question, I'm feeling really recharged. It was a full weekend of lacrosse, yeah. and yeah, I'm I'm excited for for what's to come. Here. Well, good. I gotta get you in on the emails because usually only Evan and I get tagged, and often Kevin, <clears throat> you know, whoever wins, who you got, always tends to send a. A nice message, but, you know, I'm going to get you access to the DMs on, on Lax Class on Instagram and, and Twitter because, um, you know, often, and, I, and I'm shame on me for not, you know, sharing people's comments uh, with you, Tino, but we often get a lot of, of positive reviews from, from listeners alike through email and, and what have you, and and you're right, nothing, nothing means more than that, that, you know, people go out of their way, they take time to acknowledge what you're doing and, and say thank you. People are really quick to pick up their phone and, and thumb out something negative or criticizing much more quickly than they are to hand out a compliment or be positive. So when you, <clears throat> when you get those, they, they kind of mean extra, extra to you. And to get it from one of the best goaltenders in the league, um, you know, on a face-to-face conversation like that. I mean, that speaks a lot to, to who Christian is, but um, it also speaks a lot to you, Tino, and, and the job that, that you and Ty and, and Austin in particular at, at Lacrosse Flash, who put in a ton of, ton of hours working on that website and creating content and, and just cranking it out day after day after day. And it's not like your bank account's, uh, you know, filling up doing it. So, you know, I appreciate it. I know a lot of people do, including Christian and, and all the listeners here on Lax Class. So uh, good on you, man. I'm glad you got that that in. And um, you're right. Nothing nothing can kind of spur you on, motivate you, reignite your fire, or keep that passion burning, like getting a, a nice message or an email or a comment or, or what have you. So uh, I'm happy to hear it, man. Mention we got a great program coming up. Stampede Stallions here in quarter number one, of course. Uh, look forward to that, and uh, got a little surprise in in that department, Tino, coming up uh, oh, with, with the Stallions. So uh, just just kind of saddle up, buckle up for for that baby that's uh, <laughs> that's coming up. Quarter number two, Bucky. Well, I, I feel a little ashamed that I have not had this person on you think of Bucky Rob Bucky no I'm I'm going east here eastern Bucky to Kyle Buchanan who has had a real interesting story and career in in the National Lacrosse League and in summer lacrosse in 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 particular as well a real journeyman and uh, a pro's pro and I can't believe we haven't had Kyle Buchanan on the podcast yet but Kyle Buchanan Buffalo Bandits I got to keep my my Steve Dietrich quote up here, so he does so Chucker doesn't get <laughs> mad at me. Um, we don't we don't want that. So Bucky's coming up in quarter number two, and I kind of liked the fact that we only had one guest last week, Tino. So we're going one guest again, unless unless I get an uproar of of people saying, you know, what do you what are you guys doing? We don't want to hear from you. We want two guests. I I kind of liked the way it flowed last week, and uh, we were, we're going one guest again. We're going to split up lax class locks. Oh baby lax class locks and who you got oh man who you got uh, what a week tino we're gonna talk about it all in quarter number three and quarter number four here on ep217 so appreciate everybody hopping on board as per usual and uh tino what else is uh what you didn't tell me about your weekend like did you do anything did you go anywhere did you 
Uh, buy anything? On the weekend? Oh. Uh, I mean, I worked, and then uh, this is a little uh, interesting, little information for the listeners. I'm uh, part of a men's league ball hockey team. Oh, and uh, do you get like pilot- 11 p.m. floor time on Sunday night? Sort of. Thing? <laughs> we had one of those uh, like uh, like a month ago or whatever, but uh, this one was like a 10:30 p.m. So it was. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> way better, way better. It's it's a grind, yeah. but uh, the pylons, big two to one win. So your boy was feeling it. Uh, Did I talk? So- Did you? Did you pop one i'm i'm a Stand- what do you say a locker room guy oh, all right okay. i'm there to keep the vibes high okay, okay? so uh no i didn't glue but- guy glue guy <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha yeah but, uh, uh, yeah chill sunday and then yeah just uh back at it here on monday nice man uh, i had all four screens going on saturday laptop two ipads the tv had one going on the phone at one oh, point we gotta talk about this schedule we, we're gonna talk about it right now before we get into that i i I really meant to, you know, with everything going on with, with Danny's dad and Doc Hedges, and thank you to, to everybody who has sent me a message and, and passed on their regards and condolences to Danny. Like, it's it's really been overwhelming, and I've tried to share each and every one of them with her, but uh, I just, as a kind of a blanket thank you to everybody for for all that support. Um, I failed to mention one Cheryl Lynn Billy, who uh, passed away over the holidays as well, and... Um, for people that don't know, Cheryl and Billy is, is very well connected within the indigenous communities, both here in, in British Columbia and back in, in Six Nations, and was a real instrumental lady in starting up the ALL Women's Box Lacrosse League, was a huge advocate for ladies box lacrosse, did so much. She she lived up in Merritt, but would continually you know hop in her pickup truck and, and drive down the three hours and come to practice and bring the balls and do all these things, the registration and the insurance and everything. She she kind of got that league up and off the ground, and they're still playing to, to this day, which is a huge um, you know feather in her cap. But she also helped Danny quite a bit as far as getting in touch with her indigenous roots and, and finding where she came from and what, what band she belonged to and, and how to get in touch with these people and how to get her kids' status cards and all these different things that, you know, she's a, a very kind of old-school, well-connected lady and, and just had all the answers when it when it came to um, issues regarding Indigenous things that, that we need to know or want to learn about or what have you. And, you know, she was the type of lady that you get on the phone and next thing you know it's like an hour and a half later and you're still chatting away with her sort of thing she just loved to talk and loved lacrosse and and loved women's box lacrosse in particular and and really helped out uh danny and her family so i i failed to mention her last week and i wanted to make mention of her this week i think uh i and, and some others uh savannah smith are going to nominate her for the canadian lacrosse hall of fame and i hope uh for those who are listening that get a say on that type of thing get this lady into the the to the lacrosse hall of fame because she belongs there so uh tino that was a lot off the top we're 10 minutes in we have not even talked lacrosse yet let's do that now as the week that was was a week indeed here week six in the national lacrosse league seven games have come and gone and it was a lot of fun, man. There was a lot of games going on at the same time, so my eyeballs were kind of popping all over the place. But we didn't have to worry about that on Friday night as the standalone game went down in – where am I? I'm losing my mind here. Uh, Vegas. Vegas, Vegas, baby. The second game in Vegas, and Philadelphia was in town. 
Vegas offense struggling a little bit here, Tino. The Wings offense was clicking, and they get past the Desert Dogs here by five. In, I, I have to say, a little you know quieter of a building than what we saw for game one in Vegas, which you know you can understand right after Christmas, all that sort of stuff. But I, I'd like to see a little more happening during the intermissions and during the gameplay where fans are getting a little more engaged here. I, I know it's a new thing here, but that, that was kind of my takeaway is it was just I, the, the energy was lacking. Yeah. I, I think ultimately, I think that fan base will come around. Me too. Uh, I really do. Because I, I think like the location of the arena is incredible. The it's, it's, I think it's still being marketed as, Hey, come check this out for, for a decent price and then go out afterwards kind of thing. And and there's so much to do in Vegas, obviously. So I think it will come, but again, just like, just like the fan base there is sort of learning the sport and it's this kind of obscure thing that maybe they haven't really seen too much before. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing like the entire team, from you know like ownership i mean maybe not ownership but you know they're figuring things out behind the scenes as well so i think with each game that comes like i think you will see um more things happening between whistles and so on to try to get the crowd the crowd more engaged but i mean i think their home opener was such a good showing i don't think we can expect to see that every single game unless the team starts to perform better and and better and you know, like time will tell if that's the yeah. Case. The only reason I kind of bring that up is because I know what Vegas is like and what mm-hmm. they kind of expect when they come to a show in Vegas. And I know it's a sporting event, but it's still the Vegas people, and and they want to be entertained down there. So the game, you know, had had some moments to it uh, for sure. But Philadelphia, I think this was the kind of the perfect matchup at the right time here for the Wings early in the year to kind of get their juices flowing and jumped out to a, to a quick lead. And, and the third quarter is where they kind of put it down here and, and win this one by five over the desert dogs who remain winless, you know, but like I said, good signs there in Vegas. There, there's some, some pieces to build around there for sure. They're a winless team. They're coming North of the border here to Vancouver to take on another winless team. So we'll talk about that as we move along here, but Vegas uh, still looking for their first win of the year. Next up, Tino Rochester, no Connor fields. He's on his honeymoon. We talked about this on lax class. He got married on new year's Eve. He took the weekend off. He's going to soak a pretty heavy fine. I'm, pretty confident of that i don't think he gives to you know what and i don't think the nighthawks do either as the only remaining undefeated team in the eastern conference gets to four and zero, and they just didn't win you know like they stomped them here 17 9 nighthawks are for real those are buffalo numbers uh, that, that score. And I, before, like I get too into this game, I do want to say as well, just quickly, uh, back to the Vegas game, mm. uh, Marshall King went down with a tough, oh, man, huh? I, I don't know what, I haven't heard any update on it, but it did not look good. I am yeah. hoping it's, you know, at, at worst high ankle and nothing knee related, but for a guy that has just battled through all sorts of things over the last couple of years, injuries and personal stuff and Oh man, I just felt so bad for Marshall King watching him go down early in that game. Yeah, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out there. Hopefully he's 
he's doing all right. But uh, moving over to the more positive stuff, like you mentioned about Rochester, like I tweeted over the weekend, like is is Rochester a wagon? And I wish that I threw money on them before <laughs> the year started when they were the last place team on on Cool Bet in terms of odds Unreal. to make a run. But what are they now? Like we should check that out because I yeah. they were like they like you said they were what like plus seventy five hundred or something. <laughs> It's just something stupid to start like that, the year, but... and I you keep talking. I'm gonna look up what they are. Now. Yeah, I, I mean, like they're they're doing it by committee. Like like Ryland Hartley is still playing, you know, as good as he needs to. Um, Curtis Knight put up seven points. Holden Katoni with four goals of his own. And I mean, we talked we talked about last week uh, as well on on last week's episode. Like Panther City is, you know, maybe not an elite team in the league yet, but no, they're a slouch. really well coached. They're a really well coached team. And they're another team that does it by committee. And they're certainly not a pushover by any means, but Rochester sort of pushed them over. Oh. They, it, it was, it was their game to do whatever they wanted. Like the, from, from start to finish, uh, we saw a complete game from Rochester and, you know, they, they have a matchup coming up pretty soon here. I think two weeks away with uh, Buffalo. Uh, uh, we'll we'll see at that point. Like yeah. what is we at the beginning of the see. season? Yeah. At the beginning of the season, if I said to you, "Hey, hey, Jumbo, like week whatever week circle nine, Buffalo, this one, yeah, yeah, Buffalo Rochester," you would be like, "Okay, moving on to the next week." Like, forget it. Yeah. This is this can, is legitimately going to be a matchup that I'm excited to watch. Yeah, uh, me too. Rochester wagon. Uh, it, like, I mean, who they're plus fourteen hundred now. By the way. Uh, we got to move along here. We got a busy week and a busy show here, Tino. But uh, look out for Rochester Night Dogs. 14 11 Halifax over Al, Al, Albany. Albany. I got, a, I, got a, I, got a, I got an email today emphasizing it's the all, like caps lock, all. I told you. Albany. I told you. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> Halifax just, I mean, we got news. Dougie Jameson goes on to the pup list just prior to face off here. Justin Getty gets thrown into the fire. No Joe Nardella either. And Albany gave Halifax all they could handle here. But in the end, Halifax does just enough to kind of get by here. Bushi with four goals. Randy, seven assists and a scrap against Brent Mitchell in this game. You got to love two old school kind of guys. They locked up. Randy gets the bucket off quick. His is still on. Tells the guy, stop, let me, don't punch me. Let me take my helmet off. Does that, and then they kind of trade. If he, like, it was, that's how it's supposed to be done, Tino. Like, that is the proper way. Like, if you don't step back and both shed him and square off, when that happens, exactly what Randy did is what you're supposed to do in that situation. And I love to see that sort of thing. The code being followed and honored. We're talking about the league's leading scorer here, and he's shedding buckets with a rookie and, and going to town with his fists. Like Randy Stotts is back, people. Wow. Yeah, the the mutual respect, that, that's so sweet to see, especially from like a guy that's, I mean, I would say a veteran, like you said, going up against a rookie. So Didn't need to, to do them. it. Yeah, totally. But it's good to see the mutual respect going back and forth. And this game was pretty dicey at a, at a point. They're like, playing the again. Quarter. Yeah, like a rematch. And I don't know, like I heard but heading into this game that Halifax in recent memory has struggled a lot with Albany. 
So I don't know. I, I was kind of just to be completely honest, I was kind of counting Albany out going into this one, but they kept it close. It was, it was tied in the fourth quarter at a point, I think. Ultimately, I, I guess the experience of, of uh, Halifax took over. and Yeah, Glenn Clark knows went. something about, about Halifax and what they like to do. He just matches up very well against that team. And like I said, we don't know what, what happened to Dougie, how long Dougie's out, what's wrong with Dougie. It's um, just going to have to wait and see. But those two, those two teams are playing again. Uh, this weekend, so we'll we'll see if uh, Halifax can get the sweep as they stay hot. Uh, speaking of hot, this team is heating up in a big way, and there's another rematch here in in week seven coming up as well as Buffalo doubles down on the swarm here, and it's tough going in Georgia right now. They're still looking for their first win. Buffalo looks like the the engine is is starting to fire on all cylinders here. Yeah, and I thought I I could be totally wrong on this, but I thought I remember reading a stat from somebody over the weekend that in every game Georgia has played this season, they've had one quarter where they where they put up a goose egg, where mm. they where they can't get a goal through. So Georgia's got some stuff they gotta figure out, obviously, but tough to try to figure out what you have to when you're going up against Buffalo, who is back. Like they're back to form after after the week one. That was a little bit of a struggle for them. They're they're back in the form that we saw them in all last season and, and previous and so on. So when you're a Georgia team that's trying to maybe correct some mistakes and figure out your pathing going forward, what are you supposed to do when you're going up against this wagon? <laughs> I don't know. Really? Don't, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know. And then, you know, if you can somehow figure out how to hold the offense in check, then you got to try and figure out how to get it past 48 in the other end. Okay. Yeah, they they're they're Buffalo has at least one or two like elite players in every position. What in goaltending, defense, at transition, least, and offense. At least. Yeah. At least. Hot take, Tino. Buffalo's oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot. That's really hot. I'm not wasting my time and putting the, the soundbite in. Uh Toronto. And New York and the scoreline kind of eye popping here a little bit, you know, Toronto wins big, but that's not the real story coming out of Long Island after this one, as they have parted ways with their general manager, NLL Hall of Famer, I want to say 10 time champion, Jim Feldman, no longer the general manager of the New York Riptide as Rich Lisk will step into that role and Clearly, there was, you know, something going on behind the scenes there. You know, New York winless to start the year. And listen, there's probably much higher standards after the the kind of the season and the finish that they had last year that this was unacceptable. A 7 nothing third quarter was was the, the death nail. I mean, they, they just ran away with this one, Tino. And it's the GM that takes the fall at the end of the day here. Veltman is out. Rich Lisk, who was kind of overseeing everything there with, with New York will step into the GM duties here for the rest of the year. And, and who knows how much longer after that, but uh, rock get back on the right track and riptide are still searching and, and now have lost their GM. Yeah. I mean, like Jim Veltman's going to find another, he's going to find another role in the league. Like I don't think anybody's concerned about that. Honestly, like I, I, I'm kind of scratching my head at this move a little bit. I mean, I guess if if they're trying to make some changes, I, I guess 
this is the change that they decided they needed to make. But well, if you remember the dynamic, right? I believe there was an, an ownership change. I think Veltman was already in place. Then they brought Rich in to, to kind of be the president and CEO. So it wasn't like, if I'm recalling this correctly, I don't think Jim was Rich's hire. Yeah, it wasn't his guy. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So I don't know. I, it's it's New York's an interesting team because at the beginning of the year, they jumped up everybody's power rankings. Mm. And in all honesty, I'm not really sure why. Like they had a, obviously they had a really good offense last year. They have the, the Jeff Teed effect and stuff, but I don't know, coming into this season, they don't seem that different than what they did last season. And last season they were a really average team with a, with a good offense. Yeah. So honestly, like, I don't really understand why they jumped up the rankings that much, but they got some soul searching they have to do. Well, let me and... tell you this. You better not be giving Tom Schreiber the stallion of the week for, for two goals on 20 shots. I, uh, week, you know, after Whoa. the lashing that patches Greg gave me, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> patches Greg I love it. So Toronto rock, uh, back into the wind column, looking good as they topple pretty, pretty, skewed score lines here in a few of these games in Rochester, the Buffalo, the Toronto, um, where we did not have a skewed score line was in Denver, Colorado, as they raised the championship banner to the rafters there in ball arena, the loud house, uh, the boys got their rings, nice little ceremony going on. And Colorado sends the hometown fans home happy as they clip the Calgary Roughnecks. This was an excellent game, Tino. 9-8 the final in this one. Goaltending duel between Delbs and Wardo. See Rob with five as, as he gets it going for the Mammoth finally after a bit of a slow start. If you recall, Tino, I got the the over 65 and a half points on, on the uh on the futures parlay for, for Connor Robinson. So this helped five goal, five out of the nine here. For the Mammoth, and uh, they get past the Roughnecks here by one. Good road game for Calgary, just not enough goals. Yeah, th- and this game itself kind of reminded me game of... Game of the week! Th- th- yeah, it was, yeah, game of the week. But the, this game reminded me a lot of Colorado's entire playoff run from last season. Mm. And what I mean by that is they're down so many guys. And, you know, like, it's not their full offense that that they have like they don't they don't have the guys available but they have one or two guys in this case it was connor robinson like it was through a lot of the playoff run last season they just they have a guy get hot shooting the lights out and then they find a way to win and you know like connor robinson is certainly not one to take all the credit like in in this post-game interview he was he was really good about talking about how it's this is not about him like his offensive teammates are the ones that are clearing space for him and the guys in the d end are they have to they have to shut things down and stuff like that but colorado needed a hero and connor robinson stepped up like he did a lot of last season and dylan ward shut the door didn't he have a a, like kind of a game saving stop or in the last couple seconds like 20 seconds left tyler pace rung it off uh ward's foot if i'm not mistaken you just watch him tino and you just like he's so so good. Like the the bad goal never goes in on Dylan Ward. He stops everything he's supposed to stop, and then probably makes four, five, six a game that he's got no business stopping. 
Every single game, like, I mean, I know he's had some moments where he's been yanked out of games, but I mean, like, I, I have to say, if I'm looking for a one, one game win it all goaltender right now, Dylan Ward. Yeah, and before we move on as well, because uh, I know where uh, we got to move on pretty quick here, but Reese Dutch. Oh, I was going to say my Dutchie, as Andrew Cedar likes to say, my Dutchie. He calls him my Dutchie. <laughs> Reese Dutch, how about it, Tino? 1,000 points. Of course, he, he gets number 1,000 on a snipe, but uh, Reese Dutch, the 12th player in league's history. You look at that list of those 12 guys unbelievable Reese Dutch hits a thousand we had him on just a couple weeks ago and I'm glad he was able to cross that milestone off I know that one was sitting on his shoulders I'm and I'm glad it happened the way that it did just like an outside rip just classic Reese Dutch form that like I I loved watching him when he was here in Vancouver forever ago um, became like a household name in the lacrosse community locally, at, at least. Sure. So to to see him bury one like that, his a thousandth point point in the way that he did, is just pretty cool. Chef's kiss. Yes. Uh, I actually made mention of the fact that Jack Hanna uh, from Las Vegas really reminds me of a young Reese Dutch. Just the way, Ooh. yeah, the way he handles the ball and the the whole shot shot release like uh, just you watch and and then tell me if i'm i'm crazy or not one more game to go here on a loaded week number six vancouver was down in socal san diego as they took on the undefeated san diego seals vancouver looking for their first win of the year they're still looking for it you know like i mentioned they're going to play vegas somebody's going to get in the win column but san diego this was a pretty entertaining game through 30 minutes uh, a bit of a lull there in the third quarter really but honestly Tino like Vancouver was right there with the Seals and I don't think that scoreline is really reflective of how close that game was for a long stretch of time yeah I mean like we knew we were going to see a generally close game between these two between these two teams like we know that they don't like each other. Vancouver likes to play against San Diego. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Adam Charlambides was uh, a healthy scratch, mm-hmm. I believe. But, I mean, they're trying to shake things up, so I get it. you got to do something. They finally ran with, with one goalie for the duration of the game. So uh, Aiden Walsh got his reps in. But And what would you think there, Tino? Like I, I, I thought he was pretty good. Seven honestly. in the first half. And, like, I know he's a rookie, but if you're going to do it, like, I think – it was, I wasn't disappointed in the effort, and we still have yet to see Ethan Woods, too. Yeah, totally. And obviously, the goaltending has been part of the issue here in Vancouver. Like, we've talked about that for forever. Like, it, we've talked about that a ton. But people got to remember here, like, putting Aiden Walsh in is not going to immediately solve the issue. He's a, he's a babyface rookie, like, brand new to the league. So he has to get his reps in. But all things considered... I thought he did pretty good, and I thought that in the minutes that he's played before this game, I th- I thought he did all right as well. Yeah. So Look, I think Aiden Walsh has, you know, like people talk about him as like a really highly regarded rookie. I think so far, like I like what I've seen from him. Yeah, me too, me too. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Ethan Woods can do. Casual twenty lbs for when. <laughs> <laughs> re- repowering. A uh, little telling that San Diego started Chris O'Riglieri as well 
as I don't know if that's like a message to Frankie after being pulled in his last two starts, although San Diego still gets the win, or whether San Diego's thinking, hey, here's a spot where we can put in the young guy. We're going up against a winless Vancouver team. And it was more of a, you know, a maintenance thing for Frankie or not. So I, I'm kind of interested to see who starts the next game there for San Diego, if you know what I'm saying. Do you think, do you think they listened to the pod? They heard me talking about that last week. A hundred and fifty seven percent. Whoa. No, uh, I, you know what? I don't know. I mean, they have like, it's been talked about enough where I think somebody's listening, whether they're think we're right or think we're wrong or, you know, care. I don't know, but I just found a little interesting that they started O'Reilly. Now I want to see who they start next week. Yeah. And, and my last thing on this game as well, uh, I was really happy to see uh, Tyrell Hamer Jackson back in the lineup. Made a difference. hundred percent. He made a difference. And uh, you, you know, like a guy with that much energy when he's been out for so long and he's finally back into the lineup, you know that he's he's going to bring it yeah. and and i think he's he was getting a little bit like he was, he was itching to get back into the lineup he's ready to go and and i think uh, i think he's going to have a good run here for the rest of the biggest world. thing that hammer needs to learn how to do he's great on the draws you know he wins a lot of them 20 for 31 but it's what he does with the ball after winning the draw if he wins it to himself like if he pulls it somewhere clean to a teammate great but if he wins it to himself, which he does a lot, then he's got to figure out where he needs to go and then what to do with the ball after winning it. And there was a couple of times, and, and teams know this, right? And they, they attack it. Um, the biggest thing for him is just to stop stopping near the center line. You're way better off trying to go down the boards or run through the middle. Do it out of attrition where if you do turn it over, it's going towards their net instead of stopping up at center trying to spin through a double having a third defender as the center line does you absolutely no good keep moving your feet it's hard to check the ball away from that guy just don't stop running until you have a clear passing lane there was my little hammer jackson rant that came out of nowhere tino there you go. I'd love to see the uh, the rant uh, towards somebody else this time, not just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling for the kid. That's all I'm saying. He's got to just clean up the the turnovers after winning the ball because those possessions matter just as much as anything. Uh, that is going to wrap up the week that was. And now, after a, a big recap, there, Tino. Time to mount up, saddle up, and head for the Stampede Stables. Okay, Tino, Tino, I'm just going to stop you right there. I don't know if the people noticed or not. But there was a little addition to the soundbite this week. Listen closely. Here it is again. (laughs) 
So you might you might have noticed right off the beginning there a new horse noise sound effect coming in. And this is this is something I thought was absolutely hilarious. So here's the deal. That was one Ryan of Rycor Construction who listens to the podcast each and every week. He's noticed the trend, I would say, Tino, of Evan straight up refusing to make a horse noise on the podcast. Sends me this unsolicited, I might add, out of nowhere. Says, if Evan is not going to make a horse noise, I guess I'll have to do it for him. And sends me that beauty. I was so blown away. I don't know what he goes. Everybody's got a hidden talent. Clearly, that is not the first horse noise that, that Ryan has ever made, which sparked my curiosity and interest that now I want to invite Tino, all the classmates out there listening, if you have the desire, the want, the will, to make a horse noise just as Ryan did there and send it over our way, I would like to get all the classmates that want to make a horse noise and piece it on to that soundbite so we have everybody. This could be the best thing ever on the Internet if people <laughs> jump on board here, Tina. I'm convinced of it. I'm a little concerned because you remember uh, a while ago when I was losing my mind about the eyes emoji being overused on Twitter <laughs> and then everybody started flooding my timeline. With yes. eyes. It still happens. I'm now worried for your safety and well-being <laughs> that you're just going to have strangers just bombarding you with horse this, noises. This could be amazing. This could be <laughs> absolutely Amazing. Send me your horse noises. I will tack them on to the soundbite. Like we'll have like a minute long horse noise sound effect. It'll be outstanding. Trust me on this. So send me your horse noises. Email, Twitter them, text them to. I don't care how you get them to me. Just get me your horse noises, please. As uh, we've reached a stampede, tack stables for this week's stampede stallions of the week. Tino, Christmas is over. Back on the job site, you need good work boots, especially in this weather we've got going right now. CSA-approved safety boots visit Stampede Tack. They're definitely there, and they'll help you out with the right pair. they got the Ariat Workhog H2O Men's Cowboy Boots. I can't think of anything better than on the job site in a pair of Workhogs, Tino. Go out there to Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966, or you can hop online. That's easy to do. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Work boots. Stampede Tack is your place to go. Your stallion of the week. Yeah, this might be the first one that I'm doing that's from a winning team over the weekend. Yeah, I don't know. You. Somebody, somebody might have to. Might Better have to not be Schreiber. That's all I'm saying. It's not Schreiber. Um, so I was going to go with Hamer Jackson just because, I mean, like he had a strong night of the faceoff dot. Uh, what do we say? 20 for 31. Um, and just generally speaking, I'm, I'm excited that he's back in the lineup. I'm really happy for him. But just going through the lineups and the stat lines and stuff like that, when I got to Halifax, Albany, seeing Jake Withers, his stats at the faceoff dot. So over the weekend, he went 26 for 30. He only lost four faceoffs. But the consistency that he's had overall this season, I know people talk about Trevor Baptiste, but 
No, it's Withers. And, and no, no disrespect to Trevor Baptiste whatsoever, but I think Jake Withers is the best faceoff guy in the league, well, and I don't think it's close. No, what, and what puts him over the top and by a fairly significant margin? Like I think Baptiste actually lost the faceoff matchup against Vegas last week. So yeah, but Jake Withers is his ability to do more. His, yeah, like, well, that's it. That's what separates him from all the others. You know, is that not only is he a solid defender. He's a very, very good defender. On top of that, he'll get under your skin and, and mix it up as well. Like he's got a real edge to his game too. And he can fogo, he can check, and he can agitate. And he's not afraid to cross the center line with the ball and a stick either. So I, I don't even I think you're right. Like I, I think pure face off, maybe it's Nardella, but complete package it's withers in a landslide yeah and you know you talk about him being a a defender not even just that like he he's on the penalty kill as well like there's not an area of the floor i'm pretty sure you could send jake withers to any position and he would do like i'm not going to say he's going to excel at it like if you if you throw him out there on the power play or something like that but he's gonna he's gonna hold his own i think Uh, i think i completely agree with you I, i think maybe just face-offs in, in and of themselves. Maybe it's Nardella, but that conversation or the debate between Withers, Nardella, and Baptiste is I'm, I'm there for that, for that conversation. But Go overall, overall player that, that does more than just take the face-off, it's Withers. And, and in that regard, it's not close. Friend of the program, Nick Myers, Jake Withers, Ohio State Buckeyes. This big Buckeye house, Tino. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, but it is. So I like to pick Jake Withers. Now, I was looking at this Toronto, New York scoreline, and I thought to myself, you know, I like to, to give a little love to the goalie union when it comes to the Stallions because we need to recognize those guys. I try and work them into the three stars when I can. and But then I looked a little bit closer into this game, you know, and Toronto held... New York to 41 shots on goal in an entire game. And so I kind of started looking at the defense and, you know, who did maybe for the first time in Stampede Stallion history, an entire defensive unit of the Toronto rock is going in the stable this week. Whoa. This was a suffocating performance by a rock defense that I think is the strength of their team. Nick Rose only forced to make 34 saves in this game. He allowed seven on 41 shots. Like That is a nice, comfortable night for a goaltender. And just not much happening with Teat and Crawford, who was back in the lineup. Their height. Point getter was Larson Sundown with three. That's crazy. And Toronto's defense came to work and they're going to the stable. I'm curious to know when the last time, I mean, maybe it's sooner than, than I, than I think it is, but I wonder when the last time Jeff Teat was held to just two points. Doesn't that's uh, and you watch what happens next game. Tino. Yeah. No you kidding. watch because it's coming. I'm talking 13, 14 spot for Teeter this week. Yeah, and I'm just looking down like the the Toronto ro- uh, roster right now, like Latrell Harris. I mean, we talk about 
20 loose balls for uh, for Reed Bowering. Like Latrell Harris with with another casual 11, two cost turnovers, two points of his own as well. So not only are they shutting things down on the defensive end, like they're getting some contributions from their guys as well. So, yeah, uh, I didn't know we were allowed to put in an entire Well, you're not. Fight. I think I am. You're not, you know. But I was going to go Rosie, and then I thought, oh, dude, the snoo maybe. But then I thought, no, that, like this whole unit needs to be recognized this week for what they did to a riptide offense that, you know, is supposed to score 15, 16 goals a game. That's the strength of their team. I Seven. thought when when you first started talking about uh, uh, Toronto and stuff, I thought you were going to be like Tom Schreier, <laughs> twenty shots. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, sh- shout out to to Dave Leno, uh, Dowick, Jimmy Dow. He called Dowick. I don't, I don't know where that came. Jack Dowick. Uh, okay, Tino. I think that is it for for. Uh, for quarter number one, man. Let's get to cut you through a massive blank right there. Quarter number one is over. We got to get to quarter number two because we got Bucky of the Buffalo Bandits. Kyle Buchanan coming up next here on Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is Cooper Perkins, voice of the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into quarter number two here on EP217, which is brought to you by Rycor Construction. Big horse noise guy, Rycor Construction, but also a big guy when it comes to interior and exterior renovations. Kitchens, bathrooms, floorings, decks, fences. They do it all at Rycor and they make it stand out while they do it. Check them out, Rycor Construction. Make it stand out. Uh, This guy was standing out in his last outing against the Georgia Swarm as it's Kyle Buchanan of the Buffalo Bandits. Put up an eight spot in that big victory for the Banditos. And I I said off the top, Kyle, I'm a little ashamed that we haven't done this yet. Long overdue. Welcome to Lax Class. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. All good. I mean, 217. Maybe I could squeeze in one of those. Right. uh... (laughs) No, I'll take it. I'll take it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, that and, and you know, if we don't have bandits on on the regular, then Chugger gets all upset with me, and uh, we don't want that happening either, right? No, no, I don't need that. And he's got to be a pretty happy guy right now. I know it was a, a little slow start out of the gate in, in week one, but you guys have seemingly found your stride over the last few, and you got a repeat performance uh, coming up against Georgia again this weekend. But I guess just a, a quick, you know, recap of, of the start of the year here for Buffalo as a whole, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, training camp, it was a bit funny this year. I don't know what it was necessarily. Maybe it was just coming off of, uh, you know, the finish last season and, and coming into camp, a, a lot of returning bodies, but, you know, a couple couple big changes. Yeah. Um, so I thought camp was a bit funny for us, and, and maybe that led to, you know, the result in game one. Um, you know, maybe overlooked Albany a little bit and, and uh, a young team with a lot of guys with a lot to prove. And, you know, they were who we expected, a team that's going to come out and work hard. And so that was a tough one to drop, uh, you know, first of the year in front of a good crowd in Buffalo. But, you know, since then, we've, we've turned the corner and, and we got a veteran group and, and we're able to come together. And, and I mean, you look at all that's going on in Buffalo right now and, and find ways to rally around uh, our community and, and the support that we have. So um, it's been great. And, um you know, a great ending to 2022 and a good start to 2023 uh, this past Saturday. I'm glad you brought up the the city of Buffalo and the, and the community as a whole, because I think everyone is always so like blown away from seeing the support that they give even to other fan bases and so on. Like we've seen how much 
Bills Mafia donates to other charities and so on and so on. What's it like playing in such a in such a sports crazed market like Buffalo? Like, what's it like to play in Banditland there? It's unbelievable. You know, like I, I think as an outsider, you know, in the NLL, you you go to Buffalo and you're like, wow, this crowd's really cool. Everyone has family and friends from Ontario there. Um, but I don't really think that you understand what it really means till you get there. Um, you know, I played in some pretty good organizations and had some great fan bases, but you know, there's nothing like the traditions in Buffalo. You got the bagpipes, you got the same anthem singer oftentimes, um, season ticket holders for 20 plus years. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. I'm, I was actually saying to someone last week that, um, the John game Kirtler, against, uh, Bucky, John Kirtler's been there for Gertz. about <laughs> Legend. Gertz is a legend. Um, you know, we got a lot of those guys around the organization, right? But I was saying to uh, some people last week that I was a bit tired going into the game against Halifax and you come out for second warm up, and there's 9,000 people already in their seat, right? The chants are going. Things, it, it's so hard not to find a, a way to get up for games at home. And we're lucky to have that nine times uh, out of the year in the regular season. So, it's been amazing and can't thank them enough and uh, how they continue to rally around other teams as well. Yeah. It's a real tight knit community. And I don't know who, I can't remember who I was talking to, but you know, obviously the, the Sabres and Bandits are owned by the Pagula family, but the Bills and the Sabres, the Bills and the Bandits, the Bandits and the Sabres, the Bandits and the Bills, like everybody's kind of intertwined there as far as their relationships go through the pro sports franchise. It's a very tight knit sports community as well. And a real unique market there in, in Buffalo. And I, I kind of want to go all the way back here before we get to the decision to to go to Buffalo, Kyle, and then the pandemic, and you kind of had to wait to get your opportunity and all that sort of stuff. But, man, oh, man, it, it started, what, like a decade ago, getting drafted to the Stealth in the sixth round? <laughs> Did you – did you think like when it, when it was all going down, like what was it like back then when on draft night and then having to wait to the six and then your opportunity with the stealth walk me through all that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, my story is actually kind of crazy for draft night. I, I mean, I had obviously a, in a pretty good junior career and my last year of junior, I think it was jammer myself and then small Z and the scoring. And, you know, I, you know, those guys were heck of players and went really high in the draft and, and then I went and played senior B a summer just to stay close to home and, and won a president's cup that was going into the draft. So I thought, Oh, you know, okay. I'm yeah, I'm a smaller guy and people are going to take that into consideration. And I think, you know, the league shifted a little bit since then, but um, you know, I thought maybe that would drop my, <laughs> drop my draft stock, but uh, I was coaching actually division three around Cincinnati at that time. And uh, we had a practice that night and the head coach goes to me, Oh yeah, take the draft and come out and tell the boys when you get drafted, you know, it'll probably be in the first couple rounds and they'll be all excited for you. So I'm sitting in an office by myself. <laughs> oh, the first man. round goes by, second round goes by, third round goes by. Now I'm halfway through practice. The boys are out, you know, running around. So I walk out to the field and all the guys are running over. Where'd you go? And I go, I, I didn't, I didn't go. So it was, oh, uh, it was kind man. of a tough night and it stung a bit. It stung a bit for sure. But, uh, you know, I just said, Hey dad, shoot me a text if, and when I go and, and you know, we'll kind of go from there. And, um, so, you know, I think it kind of set my career off on a bit of a stage of having a chip on your shoulder and having to prove people again, you know, I think, you know, being a smaller guy and having to do that in both hockey and lacrosse my whole life, it was no different for me. So I just took it as that. And as a challenge, I knew I could play at that level. It was just a matter of proving it and, and finding a situation that made sense. And luckily that year, you know, Zwick, who was my role model growing up was kind of coming back from a knee it was the end of his career. And, and I was able to squeeze into that fourth spot on the right side in Washington with some amazing vets and 
in uh, Brett Bucktooth, Dutchie, and, and Iannucci. So right. um, kind of a crazy story. Yeah. No, not a bad right side. And uh, we had a good first year there. But, uh, yeah, that was a kind of a crazy draft story for me and way to get going. And, but. I, what, and like, I mean, I, it's hard to believe uh, you were one-time Vancouver property here. So, And I kind of remember because this is, I think, right when, when I joined the Stealth, and it was a situation where you're a free agent and you're out of market and there was a little bit, a little bit of poker being played between you and Locker. And, and I, I kind of feel like you won that game of poker at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dougie, I knew, uh, so actually Tyler Digby was, you know, a teammate of mine at Robert Morris. And I knew they had their kind of sights set on him for the draft. And, and Doug just called me and just said, you know, we're not going to have you live out here, but you know, we could sign you back, come to camp, but you know, can't promise you anything sort of thing was the conversation. And, um, you know, I had a couple opportunities. I just got with my girlfriend at the time and now wife, um, and she lives in Burlington. So, you know, I want us to kind of think about being East as well. So, yeah. um, an opportunity at Philadelphia presented itself and an opportunity at the Toronto camp presented itself. And, uh, just so happened the Philly camp was first. I went there and, I told Blaine Harrison and Jim Milligan at the time, I said, listen, I'm supposed to go to Toronto next week. So if that changes anything, let me know. And <laughs> an hour later, they another sent game me of poker. Yeah. Said, that's the way to do it. Sign it or not. That's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went with it and it was, you know, turned out to be an awesome decision. Yeah. Rebuilding year a little bit for the wings, but it allowed me to have the ball in my stick and gain some confidence. And, you know, I was able to play with TK in his last league in the, uh, you know, year in the league, same with Ryan Ward. Um, couple of guys like that so it was, it was awesome and it was a great opportunity and, and set the stage for the rest of the way well here let's just stay on the on the career path a little bit you know i'll let you jump in but as, as we're here with Kyle Buchanan but then on to, to New England with with a little bit of time there right uh, as Philadelphia made made the switch but then you get a, a chance to be on the inaugural San Diego Seals team and I believe you're like the first guy to move into the market as well you brought your wife down there Talk me through the decision that, okay, like we're Eastern, but this is a, a unique opportunity to go to a brand new team and kind of be one of the faces of the franchise in their inaugural season down in San Diego. Yeah. So um, I spent, again, Philadelphia turned into New England, right, with, uh, you know, Mike French and some of the ownership group there and had a great four years in New England as well. You know, love the coaching staff, love Rich Lisk as a GM. And um, I thought it was just the point of my career where, you know, again, I've done all this work to kind of establish myself. And, um, you know, I had a letter on my jersey at the time. And it was a tough conversation to have, to be honest with you, with Rich and, and Glenn Clark, um, just to say, hey, I kind of want to test the market here. And it, it didn't really go over that well, to be honest with you. It was it was really hard to have because um, they invested a lot in me. But at the same time, I, I was willing to see what was out there. And, and Patrick Merrill um, reached out and, and uh, flew me out for a visit, and me and my wife, when I was a free agent. And um <laughs> when you get to San Diego and you're walking around and the beaches <laughs> and, too tough, right? you know, seeing what they're doing and, and, you know, you know, Steve Govett and Josh Gross and how, how good of a job that they did in Colorado as well, building that franchise and, and just the opportunity to be the first player in franchise history in San Diego was super special um, for them to offer to, you know, fly my wife out and my one-year-old at the time, almost one-year-old um, to spend, my wife was on mat leave to spend her first year of her life basically in San Diego and being a full-time lacrosse player was, was pretty unbelievable. So you know, in hindsight, it was kind of a no-brainer, but there was a lot of moving parts there. I ended up selling my house, and you know, a big piece of it too was my mom lives in Palm Springs in, in the winter time, so I don't get to see her all that much being in Ottawa and Palm Springs. So there's another chance to spend some more time with her and her to spend some time with my daughter at the time. So amazing decision, amazing franchise, and uh, would not uh, take it back at all. And then the you know the final move here to to Buffalo, and I think 
you know, kind of from reading stuff on you a little bit, Kyle, that that was kind of the ultimately the end goal was to to end up in Buffalo. And and now at a point in your career where you've been, you know, MVPs on, on Man Cup winning teams and and you've won President's Cups and Man Cups. So this is it here in Buffalo for you on a team that is star studded and loaded where you can just kind of go and, and play your role upon, among a, a, a cast of fantastic players that is primed and ready to win a championship. You guys have been knocking on the door here for a couple of years, and you tell me, is is this the year that the Bandits get it done? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we've been set to do it. This team's been set to do it for a long time. Um, you know, back to the decision to go there, you know, my best, uh, best buddy, Kevin Brownell, had been there his whole career, right? Ten years, so... I was always really close with the franchise, kind of close to some of the guys just because I've been around Brownie and uh, so much. Um, so when that opportunity came up, it was, again, a no-brainer to go there. Uh, I had two daughters at the time, an hour and a half from home, going to a team who had been to a, a championship or two already at that time. Um, and the team really hasn't changed a whole lot. The core group is still intact. You know, you got 48 backstopping you. You got a chance every night to win. Um, you got young leaders and stars, Josh Byrne and Dane Smith, who continue to get better, believe it or not. Um, even though they're putting up a hundred and some points every year. And it's just, a, you know, an honor to be a part of a historic franchise. I think, uh, last year was a, an amazing opportunity for us to get it done. And, um, you know, it was really difficult at this point in your career when, when that's kind of, you know, oh, you know, hanging over your head a little bit, but I think we're poised to do it again. we got a great group. we got some great young guys, some guys have been stepping up as well, uh, into different spots for the spots that we lost. Um, that guy, yeah, think- that guy wearing number one's pretty good. <laughs> the weird guy where number one's unbelievable. Yeah, he's uh, makes the game look so easy and effortless. And, you know, I, I said to, in an interview the other day with the Buffalo media, like he can play the game however he wants, whenever he wants, whether that's an inside guy, an outside guy, go one-on-one, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. He can take face-offs. He's good at loose balls. You know, he's an unbelievable Punch player. Punch in the mouth, too. He's got a little Punch nasty. in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he does whatever, right? He does whatever. And, and I mean... He's only going to improve as well. So special to be a part of that group and at my old age, just buzz around and pick up some balls for those guys and, uh, you know, be on the end of some other passes and, and uh, you know, get some easy assists as well. So um, it's awesome. That, that's actually a really good segue into my next question, because you talked about earlier about being, you know, sort of a smaller guy that's got to play with a chip on his shoulder and coming into this Buffalo team, like you're playing with, with a lot of stars that are, Technical or I'm probably going to be quarterbacks on almost any offense in the league. So you've kind of fallen into this role now where it is your job to go and get second chance opportunities for the offense and so on and so on. But you've absolutely excelled at that role. So I'm wondering if, is that something that you've done played that role like throughout your junior career, or is this sort of, you come to this star studded team and this is kind of what you have to do to, to help the team be successful. Yeah, that's a great question. Oh, oh man, Kyle, I know you probably oh, don't I knew know. that, actually. Yeah. I should have known that. <laughs> yes. I should have known that. I don't that. know. It's organic, and I love it because that's that's what it's all about there. So continue on. The border, my, how does that work? My, so he gets a there. ding. He gets a ding. It's all. It's <laughs> I got to send one your way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I've done that most of my NLL career. I think I've realized, you know, year one there with, with Dutchie and Nooch and Tooth that I wasn't going to touch the ball a whole lot. So the only way I'm going to touch it is if I go pick it up myself. But um, I think – guys are starting to realize that they're finding their niche on offense too. And, and for me, that's what I've done my whole career. You know, I had Kevin Crowley, I was playing with Sean Evans, um, Garrett Billings, Dan Dawson, you know, on our right side, Wes Berg and so on. So for me, that's a way to stay involved in the offense. It's a way to, 
you know, um, use my IQ to anticipate different plays and things like that. And that's something that I've always done, whether it was minor lacrosse or, or whatever it may be. And, and I think just something that um, kind of came naturally to me, not something I had to change my game to. So when I come to Buffalo and have these stars, um, that's just something I like to take pride in is trying to do that stuff for those guys because they're going to put it in the back of the net. Here with Kyle Buchanan, and I got to be honest with you, man, like for a long time, I could not keep you and Kevin Buchanan separate like and was the there not a time that you, not the only one yeah I, wasn't there a time that you guys actually played on the same team if i'm not mistaken right oh for yeah for a few years yeah in New England we did and, and and it was so confusing to me because i always when i think about you and talk about you i consider you to maybe be one of the best right-handed players to play on the left side of the floor you know what I'm saying here? Like you continually find yourself on the wrong side of the crease as a right-hander, but somehow you are effective at that and make that work to your advantage. But Kevin was a left-hander, so I'd always be like, is that Kyle over there? Is that Kevin? But anyways, tell me where that that knack and that skill or that trait comes from where you can be that effective of a player as a right-hander on the wrong side of the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, that's funny. I'm throwing you off going over there. I get confused with, we used to go by American Bucky and Canadian Bucky. Yeah, that funny works. Enough, we actually emceed Kirk, Evan Kirk's wedding together. Oh man. Yeah. So they were really throwing people for a loop there, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, get on that side of the floor. I think it's just something, again, just finding a way to be successful as I've gotten a little bit older and maybe played with different guys that did similar things to me. Um, I originally kind of started doing it to like create two man games when we're on a three man left side or right side, sorry. So I'd go to the other side of the floor. So guys had space to do a two man game. Then I realized that a lot of my guys want to help to back to their side where they came from. And that, that space was kind of opening up. And so, you know, kind of made it into a bit of a play there. And I saw a couple of guys do it where they would loop, you know, fake an up pick and kind of loop to the net. And so I just kind of put those two ideas together and um, I found it was a way, you know, at my size to, to stay open for a little bit longer. And, and I kind of, included that with some dunks and going behind that a little bit as well. And Interesting. so it just become part of my game and just how my, my focus shifts on how to change different defenses and make them do different things and put them in situations that they're not comfortable with. Um, so obviously kind of elephant in the room, the, the Buffalo bandits have been to the <clears throat> previous two NLL championships and have come up empty handed. Um, obviously you guys have put up, just crazy numbers statistically over those two seasons. I know you were just with the team last year, but how is this season? Like, what are you guys doing behind the scenes to, to make this season different? Do you have to do that much different Kyle? Like you're so close. Do you want to, or do you have to change all that much? I almost wanted to say it there jumbo for you, but I can't give two dings. It's okay. I don't want your charity. I don't, I don't know that. (laughs) I don't know that you do need to change a whole lot. Obviously there's, you know, being in three finals, and I think five years, the franchise is, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. You're doing something right. And I think that's a, a testament to, you know, the staff, Chugger and, and JT, but also to the core guys that have been there for that long. Yeah. Um, but there's obviously something missing, right? And that's uh, and that's a ring on the finger. And what does it take to get that? And I think, you know, last year, what we didn't do was adapt too well on the fly. Um, I thought we kind of stuck to our game. We kind of things would, things would fall into place because throughout the year, even when we got to adverse situations, we kind of just stuck with it and it kept happening. But when you're at the biggest stage at the highest level, um, some changes need to be made. Uh, some guys need to maybe do some different roles or do some different things to get guys going. And um, I'm not sure we did that last year. So 
this year, I think our, our, our mentality is more so that you know, we always have a target on our back and there's this pressure, but you know, we need to play with more speed. We need to play with more grit and put teams on their heels because um, it's not going to come that easy to us. And I think you saw that in game one this year. I think we played very much uh, how the end of the year ended for us. Um, a little bit on the outside, things are going to come easy. We got enough talent. We got a great roster, but this league's getting too good, right? There's too much parity and, and um, it shows in the playoffs and a team that just got hot when they got hot and, uh, and an ending our season uh, in the last game of the year. So um, I don't know. I think it's both, right? I think you don't need to change too much and reinvent the wheel, but I think you need to really understand and, and dive deep into what, uh, you know, what they did differently, I yeah. guess. Than well, I, I, I mean, that, I think that's a, a perfect opportunity to ask Ben and a perfect opportunity for you guys to kind of implement that. Just having played Georgia, had pretty good success over that team. You're going to see him again this weekend. And, you know, usually you'll get, two, three, four weeks in between seeing a, a similar opponent on a back-to-back situation like that. But this is a, a unique opportunity because you know what you did well to win that game. They know what you did well. So they're going to try and counter that. And then you're going to have to find an answer for what they do. So, you know, walk me through that scenario, what you guys are going to be prepared to do a little bit differently, depending on what Georgia comes out with. Yeah. I mean, I think we didn't see their best offense last game. Um, you know, I thought that they were a bit scrambly at times, didn't get their shots through. And, that, and again, that's a testament to our defense, getting in lanes. And we've gotten better and better at that over the last few games, um, given the shots to Vino that he wants to see. And I still think we're going to improve there, too. I think, you know, Max Adler did a great job at, at the faceoff dot, uh, probably his best so sure far did, this year yeah. as well, which, which yeah. was a great, you know, great step for us. And offensively, you know, I think we we took it to them in the sense that we entered the zone with speed. We put them on their heels, exactly what I was talking about, that we didn't finish the year with last year. Um, so for us, it's not a ton of adjustments. It's continuing to do those things and then adjust off of that. But I think, think we'll definitely see a different Georgia team, probably a scrappier defense, um, maybe not allow us getting us to the middle as much, um, you know, maybe pressing up on some, some different situations. So, um, I don't think that we need to adjust too much. It might be just that we need to stick with our guns and keep our foot down because, uh, you know, keep the momentum rolling off of last weekend. This is the last one for me here, uh, Kyle, but I got to ask mm-hmm. you about the Josh and Dane show or the Dane and Josh <laughs> show or, or I forget what the exact title is, but do you have any information of how this came to be? Like, was it one of their ideas? Like, what's going on with the show? It, Honestly, started, like a Wayne, it started out with like a Wayne's World sort of thing a couple <laughs> of years ago, I think, and now it's turned into Dane's world and now Dane and Josh's world. I think. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that they were, you know, they've been always working doing stuff for the team and, and honestly on the floor, it is kind of the Dane and Josh show most nights <laughs> yeah. to be honest. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe they just fed off that, you know, they're best buddies and, um, they've been the around the franchise a long time, good personalities. I think it's just this, this age, right. They're just trying to find ways to get guys personalities out there. And because of what you mentioned earlier with the Buffalo community and, you know, they had Pat Coletta. I think they're having some more Sabres guys on, maybe some Bills guys. Yeah. That is kind of a cool show and way to, um, you know, integrate the uh, the bandits into that mix as well. Um, into a, a time when the community probably needs some, uh, you know, some lighthearted uh, stuff from the athletes and from the community. So uh, I don't really know where it came from, but, you know, <laughs> I watched the first episode, had a couple of good laughs and uh, tossed in a question there myself. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. I don't know where it nice. came from, though. Uh, are, you, are you back for one more with, 
the lake show and the and the seventeen Pete or whatever they're on now? I don't. Is it, have you thought that <laughs> I used far to be down going the road? For five, right? Yeah. I missed last summer, so I took a summer off uh, for the wife and kids, and just to kind of give the body a break, especially playing till Father's Day in the finals. Yeah. Um, but I missed it, to be honest with you. Uh, it was t- hard to watch it. I watched every game in the Man Cup, but it was hard to watch because I felt like I, I wanted to be a part of it. But um, it's not off off the table but okay. uh, if you ask my wife she might tell you something different <laughs> hey bring 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 the right uh, basket of groceries home uh, anything is That's possible right. all right uh kyle my dues, then. yeah i appreciate your time here uh long overdue good to get you on good to catch up and best of luck uh and we kept chugger happy which is good so best of luck uh with the, the rest of the bandit season uh, i'll try and let go of the fact he gave tino a good question and uh we'll, we'll have you back on again yeah, I owe you one. Thanks, Jumbo. All right, there he is, <laughs> Kyle Buchanan, Bucky. And, uh, man, oh, man, Tino, what a career for Kyle Buchanan that has seen him go from, you know, the West Coast uh, with the stealth uh, all the way back to the East, back to the West with San Diego, and now has kind of found a home in Buffalo to finish up his career on a real good bandits team trying to get that elusive championship. Yeah, and one of those stories that you're rooting for, like a, a guy that you want to, want to win a championship towards the later days of his career. But it, for me, like, it's so, I mean, it's kind of dumb. It always comes back to, like, the Canucks for me, diehard Canucks fan. But mm. he's a guy watching him, especially in the playoffs, that reminds me so much of a Ryan Kessler, a guy that was playing amongst all these stars. And, you know, like, Kessler's role with the Canucks in, like, the 20, 2011 run was go retrieve the pro- the puck on the power play and get it to the Sidians. Yeah. And that reminds me so much of Kyle Buchanan and the way he plays. And, and I think his game is so tailored to the playoffs. So yeah, I, I'm rooting for him and, and hopefully they can make something happen here uh, for a deep. Yeah, this guy's been a part of a lot of good lacrosse teams over his career, including the ones in Peterborough where he was a playoff MVP, Tino. And you think about all the players on those Lakers team and for Bucky to, to be named MVP of, of those teams, Gives you a pretty good idea on, on what kind of player he is. And he's he's happy. I don't know if he's happy, but he's fully accepting of knowing that this is kind of Josh and Dane's show. And, and he's a piece of the puzzle at this point of his career. He's really embraced that. And that is part of what makes NLL offenses successful. You can't have five, six guys that want to take 20 a night and need to touch the ball in their stick over and over and over again, you got to have a couple of those, a couple of guys that are willing to to get inside and bang bodies, a couple of that are willing to go into the corners and pick up loose balls and, and be the off-ball guy. You kind of need a little bit of everything to make a real good offense work, and, and Kyle has found a way here late in his career to do that. Yep, role players. You need them, especially for, for said deep run, and uh... – yeah, he's playing his role perfectly. No question. Great chat there with Bucky. Let's take a break, Tino. Halftime is upon us. Quarter three is up. We put some cash in your pocket last week. We're going to try and do that again. Lax Glass Locks coming up. Quarter three, EP217. Back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Joey Capito of the Colorado Mammoth, and you're listening to Last Class. 
Welcome back to Lax Class as we are into quarter number three here on EP217. It's Jake Elliott. It's Tino Farrow with you. It is Associated Labels and Packaging with us as well as they have been since day number one. Actually just stopped by the, the offices of ALP earlier today down there on Clipper Avenue in Coquitlam and dropped off a little something for, for the Ashworth family that I failed to do over the Christmas break. And just so happens with the way that the chips played out, you know, with uh, the football gods last night, uh, Seattle is not only at the end of the playoffs, but they're playing the 49ers in the wild card round. So it's uh, my Hawks against Sean's Niners, and I'm sure we're going to have to have a chat prior to that football game. But here in quarter three, we're going to do Lax Class Locks. But before that, I need to tell you to subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, five stars only. Give us a follow on social media at Ferratino at PXB for sports. For our personal accounts, the show is at Lax Class on Twitter, Lacrosse Classified on Insta. Got a Facebook page and an email address as well, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of us each in any way, feel free to do that. Don't forget horse noises. Send them our way. Me. Uh, cool Bet Canada. It's time for Lax Class Locks. Locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Oh, yes, Tino. It's been, well, it's been a little too, it's been too long. I can tell you that's how long. It's been too long since we heard the old money drop on the end of the intro to Lax Class Locks. You are welcome. Your kid's college is now paid for with one (laughs) single bet on the parlay as we hit it, Tino, right out of the park. Three for three. The money is in the account, and uh, you're welcome, classmates. I hope you spend it wisely like... Putting it right back down on this week's Lax Class Lock. Double down, why not? Presented by Coolbet Canada. Don't forget, if you're new to the podcast, you haven't signed up to Coolbet yet, do that immediately. Use the bonus code LAXCLASS, and Coolbet will match you up to $200 on your first time. Deposit, pretty good deal. And don't forget to screenshot, tag Lax Class and Coolbet via Twitter of your NLL bets. Be entered to win NLL tickets and cool bet swag simple as tagging lax class and cool bet Canada on Twitter with your NLL bet to be entered into our monthly draw. Rob Josie one December, January is up for grabs. Get your screenshots in and get signed up to cool bet bonus code lax class. Tino, we had a good thing going last week. We're not going to mess around with it too much this week as Two of the games that we won on are being played again. Same teams, same matchup. So why not pick the same things with those two as we go with Halifax on the money line? This time they're at home. Minus 250. 
We hammered the over in Buffalo and Georgia in Georgia. Now they're in Banditland. It moved up a goal, but still, they blew that thing out of the water the first time around. Over 24.5 between the Bandits and the Swarm for a minus 110. And then we look down, and Vegas and Vancouver are playing for their first win of the season. And I think we're going to see some fireworks in this game, in particular from one Keegan Ball, who's been a little bit quiet. I think Baller is going to have a big one on Saturday night in Vancouver. So let's go with the over in Vegas and Vancouver, 22 and a half. That's going to get us up around 440 after our friends from Cool Bet. And you're looking at a return of about, I want to say about 120 jumbo bucks, throw down 20, and you should have lots of money in your account now after that big win last week. What do you think, Tina? You like it? Yeah, I do like it. I think it's kind of, it's a it's a hot take a little bit. I'd say like a lukewarm take that the uh, the Vegas Vancouver game is going to be is going to be like a a high scoring one, but I like it. I, I think they are due for for uh, a high scoring affair. I like that Kyle Killen got his uh, scoring touch underway, and yeah, if Ball lights it up, then. There's going to be some happy campers in Vancouver. Yeah, I just, you know, two young goaltenders dueling in that one as well. Right? It'll be Kells and, and most likely Walsh again. And a little inexperience in between the net usually means goals will be scored. So hop on CoolBet, sign up, get your bonus code in, and then search up Lacrosse Classified in the search bar there. The parlay will show up. Screenshot that, tag us, get entered into everything, win money. You'll like that. And uh, you can thank us later or thank us now if you want because uh, it's coming in this week here on lax class lock two for two tino book it all right quarter three is officially done which means just one more quarter to go here on the podcast it's time for your favorite podcast game who you got week seven is on the other side stick with us here on lacrosse classified Hey, this is Wesley Berg from the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lax Class. And now it's time for another round of Who You Got. Welcome back to Lax Class. No more breaks here on the podcast as the fourth quarter of action is underway. Thanks for joining us here for EP217. Jake Kelly, it's Santino Farah. And you, well, I'm about to even didn't, didn't hear it. I'm about to tell you about it right now. So you're going to hear it. And that is our brand new sponsor here on the podcast, Mitch Jones Realty. Royal LePage Sterling Realty. Mitch Jones working out of Port Moody here. You can get in touch with Mitchell at 604-421-1010 or 421-5108. Buying, selling, maybe just want to. Get free snacks at an open house. Give Mitch Jones a call. Tell you what, I'm going to go out of my way here and give you Mitch's personal cell number. You ready for this, people? Get your pens and papers out. 604-916-6772. That'll get you in touch with Mitch directly, who was down in in SoCal there with the Vancouver Warriors playing the San Diego Seals. I don't know if you saw the, the Instagram feed or not. You know, but uh, Mitch and Hammer and the boys, a little round at Tory Pines after after the game uh, the next day. That that's pretty good. Shorts, polos, Tory Pines, round of golf, bright sunshine down there in San Diego. Pretty good. Yeah, not a not a bad spot. Especially, I was like scrolling through Instagram when I saw that, and I'm like, 
in like my hoodie and and sweatpants just chilling at home and yeah. it's rainy and cold yeah. outside and they're playing golf in shorts and shirts yeah yeah i'll find out what he shot but uh get all the mitch royal lepage sterling realty mitch jones realty buying selling a house he's your guy and uh i mean you're gonna get the best of the best when it comes to service got you know, flashing smile. The, he's got it all. The charisma. Mitch Jones, he'll, he'll, he'll set you up. All right, Tino, we're in the fourth quarter. You know what that means. It's time for your favorite podcast game. Who you got? It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Oh, excuse me. I forgot we had the, the Rocky music on the end of that little soundbite on the intro, Tino. Do you know why the Rocky music gets put on the end of the Who You Got soundbite intro from time to time? I have no idea. It only happens when one of us goes absolutely uh. perfect in their picks, which... I did, uh, as I hurt my elbow, patting myself on the back, which I know Danny hates when I do, but I'm doing it anyways. Seven. I've been struggling so bad to start this year that, man, oh, man, did it ever feel good to go a perfect seven for seven. Only problem was, Tina, I think you went five for seven. I think Evan actually went seven for seven, too, which is pretty impressive. But you know how many people... I can't believe this. Went seven for seven in week six. Who you got? Do you have any idea? No, tell me. Just guess. Out of, you know, I don't know how many we got. 150, 160 people playing. What, how many people out of that do you think went perfect? Uh, I'll say 10 people. 30 people. <laughs> what? I could not, like, I think, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I went perfect. I'm going to be gaining some ground in the standings this week. <laughs> 30 people went perfect including three people who nailed the tiebreaker as well so it came down to a three-way tie with three people nailing the tiebreaker 27 i believe the total in a 16-11 final uh walter green richard hahn and the corporal, the man behind Swarm It Up, John Hoffman, all getting it exactly right in week six. So I downloaded, Tino, you watched me do this. I downloaded a randomizer app. I took a video. I got a video of my phone. Somebody shot a video of me on my phone doing this. It's all legitimized. I didn't want to do the stupid paper out of a hat thing. Like, I had that. <laughs> I've been burned on that. I didn't like it. I think it's old school. They got an app for that now. So I put in Walter. I put in Richard. I put in the corporal. Gave the wheel a spin to find out who won week six. And congratulations, counselor Walter Green, who I think actually beat me in a tiebreaker last year as well. Uh, Down there in Maryland. Walter Green is this week's winner. Perfect tiebreaker. All of it. Walter Green, congratulations. You won the randomizer as well. Lucky guy. Your prize pack will be on its way. Courtesy of Stampede Tack and Western Wear. 
where they got the boots. Of course, they got the, the work boot. But the Blundstones as well, Tino, you know this firsthand. You were just out there. You just bought a pair. I bet your girlfriend is the happiest person alive after getting those for Christmas. And they have all the Blundstones you can imagine at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Check them out online at stampede.ca. Tino, week seven games in week six. Eight games in week number seven. Which, if you'll recall, I went seven for seven in week six, Tino, which means I did better than you. I did a paltry (laughs) five out of seven. So once again, I get to host this week's Who You Got. You ready to go, my friend? Let's do it. Friday night, 6.30 Eastern, Halifax hosting the Albany Firewolves in a rematch. Tino, who you got? I said last week that these next couple games are going to be important to watch for Halifax if they want to show everyone that it's going to be different this year, and I think they're going to keep doing it. I got Halifax for a seven. Marilyn Johansson is going to be upset with me once again. Clarky, oh, he let me know, by the way, that during the surf lessons there in, in Maui, and I kind of chirped him about wearing the surf shirt, he, they, made, they made him do it. I knew he wasn't wearing a shirt voluntarily. He would have had that thing off in a heartbeat, but uh, they made him wear it because he was learning how to surf. So we'll give him a pass on that one, but I'm not giving him a pass on this game. I'm sorry. No Doug Jamison. I do not. Getty played well, but this Halifax team is a unit, and I'm taking them for a seven as well. Plus, we got them on the, the parlay, so like, Duh. Of course we're taking Halifax. Friday night after that, 9 o'clock Eastern time, these two teams always play good lacrosse games. It's Saskatchewan against the Mammoth. Who you got? I'm taking Saskatchewan for a three. I think this is going to be an unreal game, but we've talked about how suffocating that Sask defense is going to be, and I think we're really going to see it come to play with a still kind of depleted Colorado offense. See if Dilksey can get back in the lineup. I think this is this is where Saskatchewan might make their move here a little bit. I'm taking the rush as well. I'm taking him for a four, Tino. So uh, we both have the same pick so far. Now, interesting matchup here. Halifax playing a back-to-back situation at home on Friday, but then skipping off to the hammer on Saturday as the Toronto Rock will be waiting, coming off a big win over New York. They're 2-2. Two and two. Will Halifax be 4-1? and one? Will they be 3-2? and two? We'll have to wait and find out. But Tino, T-Birds, Rock. In the hammer, who you got? Give me Toronto for a four. That's a tough trip for Halifax, having played the night before. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to have their legs under them. Well, we'll see, but regardless, Toronto for a four. Taking Toronto as well, but for a three. So we just flipped our threes and our fours there. So let's move along. Panther City, after struggling against Rochester, will play another road game after Philadelphia going into Vegas and picking up a win to go two and one. Looks like the offense is starting to get it there under Jeff McComb for the Wings. They're at home, 2-1, and one, taking on a 2-3 and three Panther City Lacrosse Club on the road for a second straight week. Tino, who you got? Give me Philly, but this is my one pick. Ooh. Uh, Joey Rez got hot last game. I think he's going to keep that going. I do think Philly wins the goalie battle, but I might be seeing a pissed-off Panther City team, so... That's why it's my one. I'm confident in the wings in this one at home. Like you said, Higgy is on one right now, and that offense was starting to click. I like the wings in this one for six. Six, Tino. Saturday, 4.30 
Pacific time, 7.30 Eastern time. Buffalo hosting the return leg of the home-and-home matchup here. Bandits and Swarm, I think I know, but who you got? I mean, we just talked to Kyle Buchanan. Like, how do you not jump on the bandwagon after that interview? Buffalo for an eight. Buffalo for an eight sounds pretty good to me as well. I think we've said enough on that matchup. San Diego still undefeated 4-0. Roughnecks came close against the Mammoth last week. They're back home where they normally play pretty well. 4-0 San Diego. Back into Calgary, Doby Dick. You know the drill, Tino. Who you got? I think I think this one's this is going to be a Calgary win. They're, I got them for a two. I think they're going to get a little bit of revenge, and I think they're due for uh, for a full sixty minutes here. So, I kind of feel like San Diego is due for a loss. Calgary usually plays really well at home. They're going to be some kind of pissed off after dropping that game to Colorado. But until I see a loss in the column for the Seals. I got to roll with them. Seals for a five. Can you predict quickly who do you think their goalie is going to be? Well, we talked about that in quarter number one. I asked the question. I want to see who they start in this game. Former goaltender for the Roughnecks, Frank Chiliano, or do they go back to the youngster who just beat the Warriors at home in a Wrigley area? I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer, but I'm interested in seeing what it will be. Two more games to go. Late night Saturday. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get back in the broadcast, Giratina. I've been waiting for this for a long time, my friend. 0-3 Vegas against 0-4 Warriors. I don't care that these two teams don't have a win yet. Somebody's going to get one Saturday night at Rogers Arena. Dogs. Warriors. Who you got? How's that for a hot take? Somebody gets their first win between Vegas and Vancouver. And Buffalo was good. Uh, I got Vancouver on this one. They're my five pick. I liked what you said earlier about uh, Vancouver's offense starting to get hot. So uh, I'm riding with your advice here. I concur. I'm going Vancouver. You know, I picked against Vancouver. It didn't, didn't happen. So I can go back to my boys here. Second home game of the season. They got to win this game, Tino. They have to win this game. I'm going to say it. It's a must win for Vancouver, and that's why I'm taking them. One more game to go, and hallelujah. We got Sunday lacrosse, baby. Rod, and it's an interesting game here. Rochester going into New York, who just whacked their GM. Nighthawks are undefeated. Desperate, desperate Riptide team coming off a performance that was not pretty. Nighthawks. Riptide. Tina, who you got? I'm going Rochester on this one. I think they're going to improve to 5-0. and uh, I got them down for a 6, but I could be swayed on this one. I like You usually see a team that's had a big firing. You, you usually see them have a big bounce back game. So, I don't know. I just... I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. So, you're taking Rochester. You can always Rochester. switch. Don't forget, you can right up to, to face off, you can switch your picks to get some injury news or you get a weird feeling in your gut or, or whatever. You can change your picks right up until opening face off. Don't forget to save and apply. And uh, don't forget to switch on those auto picks too, just in case. This is my one game, Tino. 
uh, because it's the one I'm least confident in. That's what the confidence number. The eight goes beside the one you think is just a mortal lock. The one beside the one where you're just eh, not so sure. So if you lose it, it only costs you a point. But I'm taking the Riptide here. Like I said, Teat and Crawford were just shelved in that game against Toronto. And I don't think either of those two are going to be too happy about that. And both are going to have big ones for New York. So give me the Riptide to break up the perfect season here for Rochester. Like it. Let's get started. I like it too. I can't wait. It gets going Friday, week seven, National Cross League. Be there or be square. All right, we got to go here, Tino. That was a huge EP217. We'll be back next week. Every week, 218 is next. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for doing that and uh, continuing to do that. A thank you to our sponsors, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, Coolback Canada, and Mitch Jones Realty. You guys are the best. Thanks for hopping on board here in 2023 on the podcast. To Bucky Cal Buchanan for stopping by for a great chat. Uh, I think that's all the thank you. Thanks to you, Tino, I guess. Uh, You're welcome. Great question. Bullshit. (laughs) Anyways, we're out of here, man. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the games. For Tino Farah, I've been Jake Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.